frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Don't you understand, George? It's because you were not born. Film church. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. What you are about to see is a real oh thing. <laughs> Welcome to Film Church Radio. Um, yeah, that accent is yeah, it's something quite special. A thing. Yeah, um, and pretty much everybody has that accent. In the yeah, movie, I feel yeah. like, but. Welcome to Film Church Radio, everybody. Um, this episode is brought to you by Divine Intervention. Nice. <laughs> I thought it was going to go with something egg-related, straight off the bat. I thought it was going to be the Eggman's special selection. That would be a good one, too. Um, this movie that we're about to talk about is, I would describe, quite the religious experience. Yeah, yeah, it's unlike anything I've ever seen before, um, or even dreamt of before, <laughs> I think. Yeah, um, hopefully no one's dreaming about anything going on in this movie. Yeah, I was going to add, if I dreamt about it, I wouldn't be talking about it out loud, <laughs> I don't yeah. think. It would be one of those things where, you know, on dark nights you'd be like, did I really dream that, or was that just... <laughs> Was I just watching Pink Flamingos? So before we get into this movie, we're going to talk a little bit about what this podcast is about. And I think we're going to kind of figure it out as we go along. Um, But we're kind of loosely treating cinema like it's our religion. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I feel like, I don't know, there's times in my life where I haven't been regularly watching movies and I feel like something is drastically missing in my life. Yeah. And this is kind of to help us, well, me specifically keep the practice up. I feel like you probably watch more movies than I do, but maybe not. Um, it, it changes. Yeah. You know, I have gone through periods where I've watched, you know, a lot of movies, yeah. um, just depending how life is. But, but yeah, I think that's definitely, definitely why we came up with this kind of idea is that we wanted a weekly chance to get together and just talk about what we've been watching, you yeah. know, talk about, um, movies, the cinema going experience, you know, just the whole kit and caboodle really. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of the cinema going experience, I feel like if you, if you treat cinema as a religion, then, you know, an actual brick and mortar cinema is kind of like your church, right? That's yeah. your synagogue, Yeah. you know, and there's been plenty of times where I've gone to the cinema and especially like on opening night, like a Friday night packed house movie where you're sharing this experience of watching something for the first time with a bunch of other people who are watching the movie yeah. for the first time can feel like a spiritual experience. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know? I think that, you know, talking about these movie houses is, is like churches and stuff like that is, you know, as soon as I found the Alamo Draft House here in Dallas, that was my... Like that was my place. Yeah, Yeah. I can't. Just the whole fact of like, if you talk, you get kicked out. I was like, (laughs) great. Like this is perfect. I won't. I'm not going to have to deal with people like whispering or shouting or anything like that. Um, And you know, I'll go to other places and I'll be like, I'm glad I saw a movie, but it's not my place. Yeah. You know. Have you ever had to write on one of those cards and complain about someone? No. I'm as everyone can who's listening can tell. I'm English. British, so um, we're very polite people. Um, so I just kind of like look behind me at them f- briefly and then let it go, um, and then like internally deal with it for the rest of the show. That's how we yeah. deal with everything. <laughs> Have you? Uh, no, I've never had to. Um, no. I mean, I feel, and you know, I'm from East Texas, man. Well, Texas too, like Southern people, yeah. I feel like are very polite too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of assholes too. Mm. I just, yeah, I just think that, especially at the Alamo, especially, like the the noises that people make, which sounds a little weird, <laughs> but like if they are like talking, it's normally at it's, the screen. Yeah, it's, it's like, a part of the experience. Yeah. I mean, that's why you go. Like, you can go to a movie. You like, you know, opening night with packed house. You want 
you sometimes want those noises. Yeah. You want those audience noises because it, it kind of sometimes lets you know. Yeah. I mean, it's just a part of the experience. Like yeah. if a whole theater is busting out laughing at a certain part of the theater, you're like, yeah, I, these are my friends. Exactly. Yeah. We get this, you <laughs> yeah. know, you know? Um, yeah. So, you know, this podcast is kind of just to hopefully a continuation of that spiritual experience yeah. that you have in a theater and that you can now have by listening to us talk about our experiences watching movies every Sunday. That's right. Yeah. Like church. Like church. Yeah. <laughs> or Saturday if that's when you go to church. Yeah. Or yeah. any day of the week when yeah. you listen to it, you know. <laughs> um, so I feel like this film is fitting for our first episode because it is, well, in relation to us specifically, you know, we, um, should we talk about the place that we work at or should we just we not just, mention it now? Yeah. But we, mention we, it some other time. Yeah, we work together. We, we work together. Um, not currently anymore, but, mm-hmm. um, we, that's how we met was, yeah. was, uh, you hired me, mm-hmm. and um, all we talked about was film. I can still remember uh, um, on the like over the phone interview, and we talked about um, was it Richard Linklater? Yeah, we talked about Richard Linklater mm-hmm. a lot because I was. Um, I think you asked me like kind of what genres or what type of films I was into, and I was like, well, I mean everything. I feel like I'm more into. I get hooked on a director, and I'll like. Yeah try to watch as much of their stuff as possible or like learn their their process or their filmography or learn kind of their filmmaking journey of you know where they started and, and, yeah. and where they went to so I, w- I really have been enjoying um, people's first films a lot yeah. um, and Link Later I don't know if Slacker was his first movie but um, so. definitely his first kind of breakout movie yeah. I don't it might have been his first feature I'm not really sure I think, but I think so but um, I know he'd done, he had done a lot of short films before then. Um, but, you know, when I started working with you, one of the first movies that you let me borrow was Multiple Maniacs and sure then was. Female Trouble. Yeah. And um, I really enjoyed those movies a lot. Yeah. Um, so I had, when I was at university, because I studied film, we did like a whole module on... I don't know if it was a full module, but like at least a few lessons on like midnight movies. Um, And we talked about Pink Flamingos then, but we didn't watch it. We watched Polyester instead, um, which is a later um, John Waters film. Interesting. Um, And I loved it. I loved the comedy. I loved the, just the idea of it, the, the spin that he put on this, like on, you know, the home drama kind of thing. So when Criterion announced they were going to do some Waters films, I like, I bought them straight away because, you know, I'd seen, um, I'd bought, you know, DVD copies of some of his other films as well. Um, and yeah, I was like any, as soon as I learned that you were like an aspiring filmmaker and you had made films and stuff, I was like, you need to watch this John Waters film because he literally just got his group of misfit friends together, like yeah. wrote this crazy script, Yeah, which I think he was on acid when he wrote it. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, and it was, that one, Multiple Maniacs was, I want to say, 70? Was that when mm-hmm. it came out? Yeah. So it was right after the Manson murders, so there's like Manson murder stuff in there, and I mean, John Waters is very much a a hippie and stuff, and that yeah. was, you know, the Mansons was like the, the thing that your parents back then were like, see, this is why you shouldn't be a hippie. Yeah. And he was very much defiant of that, mm-hmm. and... Um, I I love Multiple Maniacs. Before we get into Pink Flamingos, yeah. I, I love Multiple Maniacs because it... Uh, well, like I said, I love people's first films, and that's not his first film either, but um, I guess it's his second one. But it's still very... I mean, it's very amateur. You know, it's black and white, but he still was able to make something great out of yeah. uh, the resources that he had, which wasn't much. It was just really just people and this crazy script yeah um and a lobster costume and a lobster costume and and this crazy uh actor um that would just 
and, yeah. and multiple actors, I guess, that would just do, like loved him enough to do whatever he told them to do. Yeah, and we're just on the same page. We're just yeah. like, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we, we might get back into more Multiple Maniacs later, but... Um, Yeah, so we're, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about some crazy like Pink Flamingos is notorious for being the nastiest, filthiest, grossest movie ever made. Mm-hmm. So if you have any um, issues with anything, yeah, <laughs> don't listen to this episode. Maybe just skip to the next one. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> and I think that the reason we chose it was because Waters is such a big part of our like communal film going. At this point, and Pink yeah. Flamingos is one of those films that we just both hadn't seen. You know, yeah, it's not widely exactly. widely circulated, probably for m- multiple reasons. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, it's like we. I mean, I enjoyed Multiple Maniacs so much, and then uh, Female, Female Trouble. Trouble, and then I think I asked you after that. I was like, "Have you ever seen Pink Flamingos?" And you hadn't. And that was three years ago. So it's yeah. like three years later, we're starting a podcast and we've done a couple of test episodes and talked about a few movies, but um, we were like, what, what are we going to do for our first one? And as soon as I said Pink Flamingos, you were like, let's do it. Yeah. And, yeah. Th- and then we <laughs> had to commit. And, yeah. And, you know. There was, there was definitely a point 50 minutes into that film where I was like, oh God. Like I'm gonna to have to talk about a lot of things that happen <laughs> yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Um, um, the the movie for a long time had just it was just unrated, and you could get it in video stores and stuff. But yeah. eventually, I think somewhere in the '90s, uh, the MPAA gave it an NC-17 rating, and it's rated for it's rated NC-17 for extreme perversions shown in explicit detail. Yeah. So I've got a, I found a quote from John Waters that sums it up perfectly so he said um pornography was also just becoming legal around the same time as pink flamingos and um, which left exploitation and art films with nowhere else to go so i tried thinking up things that weren't illegal in film yet but should be <laughs> yeah. that, that is the yeah. whole premise around this film yeah pretty much um because he I, I watched the commentary and and that was one of the things he said was it was like this strange time in cinema history where the Hayes Code had just gotten out or had just been done away with, yeah. right? Because that yeah. that was gone in 1968, and then I, the MPAA I guess had formed, but they hadn't really started figuring out how to regulate things. Yeah, um, and you know one of the first things he thought about for this film was. I want Divine to eat dog shit at the end of it. Yeah. That was his first thought. And they... Poor Divine. Poor Divine. Yeah. (laughs) And and they... um, They didn't have... uh, They didn't have any rules against eating dog shit because they never imagined that anybody would ever want to eat dog shit on camera. I'm sure this is coming from the same people that didn't allow the film to show like a marital couple in the same bed. Right. So that was their level of like, let's try and keep these people as honorable as possible. Like this, the the things that are shown in this film, I'm sure like they had no idea that anyone would ever try and put this on film yeah. ever. Yeah. Um, so it, it, I mean, it is very, I mean, it, it, it <laughs> it's pretty much like a porno. But yeah. not exactly. I mean, it's not a porno. No. But it's... I don't know. It's not... I don't, it's hard I to describe this the, movie, but... The way that I saw it a lot is when... Because there there's a great documentary called like Midnight Movies, and it talks a lot about these like kind of sleeper hits that kind of got a big following at midnight in these like really small um, independent cinemas kind of thing. Um, and that's the first time I heard of this. Um, and I can remember... And it talked about, you know... Um, the eating the shit scene and all that kind of stuff, and I was like, I'm gonna add this to my watch list because I want to see if this is as like crazy as this yeah. documentary makes out. Be- and it is one of the only films I can think of that not only like reaches where I thought it was gonna go, but surpasses it. Like yeah. I have never been. I was yeah. like, oh, this is too. Like at times, I was like, this is too much for me. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, multiple maniacs and female trouble both have 
crazy stuff in it. Right? Yeah. They, they have yeah. shocking just elements, right? Yeah. But, um, and so, yeah, I, I didn't expect to be as shocked as I was by Pink Flamingos. Same. Um, you know, because the eating the dog shit is not the craziest thing to no. me that happens in the movie. Maybe at the time it was, but yeah. like in a world where um, the Jackass movies exist and Borat and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's like they do crazy shit in those movies yeah. too. But this movie still managed to shock the fuck out of me. Yeah. And I think that once that scene comes along, uh, you're so deflated from the whole... Like, I was just, like, on the couch, just like, oh, my God. Like, I cannot believe I've seen the things that I've seen. That when that scene rolls around, you're like, okay. Like, <laughs> of course that happens. You know, it's not one of those things where you hear about this scene and you watch this whole movie and that's the only thing that's, like, really shocking in it. Everything else is pretty mild. This, from the off, is like, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, actually, the movie is kind of it's kind of slow going at first. Yeah, I mean, when, when it starts, because uh, especially if you had seen if you've seen other John Waters movies, you're like, and you and you know anything about this movie, if you know that it's the most shocking movie ever made, it, you know, it starts off and you're like, this isn't this is weird, but it's yeah. not gotten crazy yet. It's kind of a slow build to yeah. the weirdness, and then it's just nothing but. Shocking, crazy shit, I feel like. Yeah, um, and I think that even the most shocking things are kind of overshadowed. Like the fact that they kidnap women and impregnate them to sell the babies to like lesbian and gay couples is like is not even something that like stuck with me afterwards. It wasn't until like I went back to it, like writing my notes, I was like, oh yeah, that is how the film starts. That is how we are introduced to the marbles. Right. Well, and it's... I mean, even... Even the subject, like even the plot and the subject matter of this movie, I feel like isn't. I mean, yeah, it's crazy and disgusting, but they deal with this kind of stuff in other movies, right? Yeah. They deal. I mean, lots, lots of movies deal with kidnapping and rape and yeah. incest and like all kinds of uh, fucked up realities that exist in our world. But I think the the thing that is disturbing about watching this movie is that it's still made by amateur filmmakers and amateur actors which that's not to not to say that I don't think they're brilliant that's just to say that when you're watching it you feel like you're watching a documentary you feel yeah. like these people are real yeah. and and it's disturbing whereas like if you watch an um I don't know this this movie comes to mind a movie called Don't Breathe about like a blind guy who's home gets broken into yeah. and then he kills a bunch of kids well there's like a scene in that movie where he's got like a turkey baster full of semen and he's gonna like inject it into this girl mm-hmm. and yeah it's disgusting but it's like filmed in a cinematic way you know you got a yeah. close-up of the thing and then you got you know the lighting is all cinematic it's like there's this and you know there's there's, a, you know it's not real yeah but you're you know you're there to be shocked and scared or whatever whereas like in a movie like pink flamingos there's no style except filth no yeah there's <laughs> so yeah there's you, no camera trickery there's yeah. no like props everything is there and everything happened which yeah is the one of the most haunting things and just that he the, the sheer fact that he knew these people enough to put them all in a film blows my mind <laughs> like if i was to say to anyone hey do you have any disgusting talents none of like i don't think out like out of my friendship group I would know any. Whereas every single person in this has some kind of bizarre like thing that they yeah. that they do or will do. Yeah. Um Yeah. And yeah, it it just goes to show how dedicated everyone was and how much they believed in John Waters yeah. to um to just do some of these scenes. Yeah. Um Yeah. Like, I I will say that, um, so I watched this movie, just to talk about, like, the experience of watching it, I mm-hmm. watched this movie with my friend Taylor, and I'm glad that I did, because I think it's the kind of movie that you should watch with people. Yeah. Um, I did not have that experience. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those movies where it's, you know, if you've got a group of friends and, and y'all, and you want to have, you know, this crazy experience together of watching something that is just 
I mean, it would be like getting together with your friends and watching Jackass. It's kind of yeah. the same idea of yeah. like, hey, let's watch something that's going to freak everyone out and mm-hmm. shock everyone. And everyone, yeah. you know, knows that that's what they're they're getting going mm-hmm. into it. But um, um, there's a quote from John Waters in the commentary where he said, I, I think you mentioned this, he tried... Uh, he tried to shock people, but make them laugh at being shocked. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, while there are a lot of disturbing elements, there's kind of this weird, like laughability to it. And that's the point is like, you're supposed, it's supposed to get to that point where you, it's so disturbing and, and, uh, weird that you just laugh at it. Yeah. And there was, <laughs> there was a ton of times where me and Taylor were just busting out laughing. Um, Specifically, the whistling anus was yeah. just like we were not prepared yeah. for. We had already been disturbed by several things in the movie that when that came on, it it just was like, of course, this is what's happening right now. Yeah. We just busted out laughing. And then it goes on and on and it just zooms yeah. in. I know. It goes on for so long. <laughs> so <laughs> long. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and uh, John Waters in the commentary, he, he, he said... Years later, he asked the actor if he ever gets recognized from that movie. And he said, no, nobody was looking at my face. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the, the, you know, while most of the stuff in the movie was just, I I had a good time just laughing at it. um, There was a scene in the movie that I just I, I i just was not a fan of it, it really did disturb me and yeah. it's the scene with the chicken yeah yeah and it's like you know putting filth and grotesque stuff in movies is is you know i love that kind of stuff to a point it's yeah. like if everybody is like if everything is consensual yes yeah. if everybody is like yeah we're, we're gonna yeah, do let's do this yeah. crazy freaking thing for this this crazy movie um but that chicken didn't have a choice in that no that it just got included into this very bizarre sex scene and then died yeah on camera and yeah it was like uh, yeah i mean they weren't actually fucking the chicken they were simulating fucking the chicken but they were you know the chicken dies yeah i mean they're quite horrifically as well not just um you know, and and I, I I keep thinking about that that scene because I'm like, you know, not necessarily trying to make excuses for the filmmakers, but it's like that was 1972. Yeah. You know, even into even in today's standards, people just pick up chickens and they wring their necks off. Like that's how they kill chickens, mm-hmm. you know, or chop mm-hmm. their heads off. You know, yeah. um, and it takes a while for a chicken to die. You know, and mm-hmm. it's like I've never killed a chicken, but I've seen people kill chickens. Like yeah. I've heard about people killing chickens. I mean, I, I come from families of farmers and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's not like a foreign thing to me, but it's just, eh, you know, it's like so unnecessary. It's yeah. just so unnecessary. And um, John Waters in the commentary, he was like, um, basically like saying that. Chickens don't have good lives. He's like, you know, what's that's, a good chicken's life? That's, you know, and we ate that chicken that. afterwards. Yeah, okay. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, well, yeah, I still don't like it. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's not really for you to like judge. You know, I'm sure as chicken lives go, it was a pretty good life. You know, I'm, I, right up until the end. Yeah, yeah, until he, you know, when Whittenley got plucked from the from the patch. I'm sure. Um, yeah, I think there was, yeah, there was the, the scene that really offset me. I mean, the 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 singing anus thing was was a lot to kind of to take in, especially you know, because I feel like that party has a lot. You know, it's kind of for the most part that is the most outlandish bit. You know, she gets like a pig pig's head as like a gift, and then these policemen show up and they like kill them and eat them, and that's kind of like that's the most I would say like movie part of the film like fictional I guess part of the film is like when they eat the police officers yeah and that yeah. comes straight in the middle of it and I just felt it was so like it was a lot 
Um, and then the scene after that when they break into the marble's house and are licking everything, that again for me was like, I didn't think just like licking furniture would be... So disturbing. Yeah. Could be so disturbing. Yeah, yeah. And even the scene that follows that when the marbles return home is really funny. Like this, like the furniture rejecting them yeah. because they've been licked. They've been licked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the whole like, yeah, it's it was... John Waters was talking about, he was like, he, he, he just genuinely believes that you can, you can go into someone's house and lick their furniture and it will actually curse them. And that was like what he wow. was trying to do in the movie was yeah. showing that like you, they lick the furniture and then the furniture is now cursed and it rejects them. And he's like, you know, I mean, part of it might just be his theatrics. He's a very theatrical person. So a lot of the stuff that he says is probably, you know, he says things to be yeah. shocking. So yeah. who knows if he actually believes that. But um, he did talk about how the... And when he recorded this commentary, it was 1998, I think. So yeah. even... It's been 20 years since then, yeah. but um, he he said that the woman who lived in the house now would get letters constantly and fan mail, and then finally she watched Pink Flamingos and saw them licking oh all the God. furniture and like the banister. The, rail, the yeah. banister. And it's the same banister in her house, and it just totally freaked her out. No, I bet it did. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> uh, but, yeah, um, yeah, very. I mean, that just that kind of stuff is just. It's yeah, it's disturbing. It's meant to be disturbing, but it's just so funny. Yeah, it's just I, so funny. I mean, the the I want to talk about the comedy elements because I think that some of especially Mink Stoll's lines, the way that she delivers them, are just brilliant. And Mink Stoll plays Connie Marble, so. Um, okay. Yeah. The. The other people that are vi like vying for the filthiest people alive award that this local newspaper just happens to like deem divine. Right. <laughs> it's just like in the front of the newspaper that she's the filthiest person alive. Um, and Minkstall, I, I, I wrote down one of her name, one of her quotes that I love. Um, and it's, I guess there's two kinds of people, Miss Sandstone, my kind of people and assholes. It's rather obvious which category you fit into. And I just like, and it's just such a good put down. But the fact that all these actors are amateurs at this point, like the delivery is just that little bit off. It's like a little bit wooden, I feel, for everybody. Very straight. And it just makes it so much funnier to me. Yeah. That like they are, you know, it's obviously scripted. Um, but yeah, I think... Um, I think Mink Stall is probably one of the best things in this in terms of her her portrayal of um, Connie Marble. Mm -hmm. um, and Divine is incredible too. Yeah, I feel, you know, I just, I love everybody in the movie. I love, yeah. I feel like everyone does, you know, for not having much acting experience, does such a great, I mean, you believe everyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, um, David Lockery. Yeah, I think it's great in the movie and disgusting and has his own perverted thing going on. Yeah, just that B plot where he's flashing women to steal their purses. <laughs> and, um, everything is just over the top. It's like they've got their pubes are the same color as their yeah. hair. Yeah. Um, but uh, what's the one lady, Edith? Oh, Edith Massey. Edie. Yeah, and Edie. She, she's one of oh, those boy. people where. You know, the first time I saw her was in Multiple Maniacs. Yeah. And I, the first time I saw her, I was just like, I, you know, <laughs> yeah. not to be rude. I don't, I don't want to be rude, but she's, she's a character. You yeah. know what I mean? And, um, and she's obviously just somebody that he met one day and was like, you're amazing. I want yeah. to put you in a movie. Yeah. Um, and she does have this amazing quality about her that is very unique and just a character, you know? Yeah. And, um, and she's in like so many of his movies. Like, it's just, it's awesome to me that he befriended all of these people, you know, this group of kind of misfits, yeah. you know, this, this group that you would never think would, I don't know, in today's society, it's just cool to see, um, just a, a weird group of people come together and yeah. make something. Exactly. Know? Yeah. And that's what kind of I was saying earlier. It's just where did he find all these people? 
Right. You know, <laughs> I know that um, they were all kind of from Baltimore. Um, but yeah, just like it's such an incredible group of people. Yeah. Especially for them all to just, like we've said before, like accept his vision and just be like, yep, that sounds good to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, is incredible. And I think, you know, lightning only really strikes once. And that's, you know, that's what brought them all together. Yeah. So, but yeah. Um, Aunt Edie is amazing. Um, <laughs> the, just her single obsession about eggs is the thing that I remember the most. Like, I just, every <laughs> oh, time. God. Every oh, time. Yeah. God. Like, <laughs> where she's just like, what will happen if there's no eggs? You know, and like this, this whole, like, scene where they're just talking about like chickens and if there's no chickens there's no eggs and she gets so upset about it um and then she gets wheeled away by the Eggman because he loves her mm-hmm. and it's just there's a very romantic kiss involved yeah <laughs> yeah um um yeah like where where does he come up with this stuff yeah maybe he was just maybe one day she was just eating an egg and he was like oh that's gross Cool. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm put that in. Movie. Yeah. Well, he mentions that, like, I mean, obviously, milkmen were were a thing back in the mm-hmm. day, um, mm-hmm. but eggmen were actually a real thing too, and oh. probably not quite like that, you know, where he's yeah. got quite the selection um, of eggs to choose from. But I was relieved when she was wheeled out because <laughs> I was like, I really hope this is the last mention of eggs. <laughs> in this film you're so tired of yeah. hearing about eggs yeah I mean it's like yeah it's just her whole vibe like that's all she talked about <laughs> well she's just time. a strange character it's like but a brilliant one I feel like because she's she's supposed to be Divine's mother right yeah but she's like a baby like she yeah. her dialogue and her mind is like a baby yeah. she sits in a playpen yeah well doesn't the narrator call it mentally ill at oh, the beginning, I guess, maybe. Um, See, there's parts of this movie that I've like. I, I, I could. I did not follow the plot very well. Mm-hmm. I will say. Yeah, I, I don't think you suppose. I don't think it matters. <laughs> um, like the only plot points I can think of is the marbles realize that they're not the filthiest people alive. They want to try and track down Divine. They send her some poop in a box, and then they die. That is literally the plot. Like there's there's nothing else to it. You yeah. know. Um, apart from all this crazy stuff that he just injects into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think the, I mean, to say that this film is as shocking as it is, the portrayal of mentally ill people and, um, homosexuals is not great. Right. At all. Like even, cause I, I I always think as Waters has been quite progressive, especially using, um, a man in drag. As his like leading mm-hmm. lady, you know, um, but I think is it? Oh, it's not Cotton. What's the um, the mobbles like helper called who impregnates all the, uh, the slaves? Yeah, he's like the um, the butler guy. Yeah, but he literally gets locked in a closet when he cross dresses. Yeah, and to me that was like. Mm, this is you know it's not it's not what I came from it to expect from Waters right um, well I, yeah I don't think he at the time was thinking about no. um, that I think yeah. he was just trying to literally freak people out and mm-hmm. he I mean he had made a couple of movies but he wasn't John Waters yet and Divine no. wasn't even Divine when he made this movie yeah. and Divine so he I think he knew that this was going to be the film that would make him famous, and that's why he made it, was mm-hmm. so that he could become famous and, yeah. and then do whatever he wanted after that. Um, and the reason... Yeah, so he, you know... It, like, from... I mean, the vibe I got from the commentary was that, you know, even Divine didn't really understand or think that she was going to become so famous after this film. Yeah. But he kind of, he was like, this is why we're doing it. We're, yeah. We're going to become famous. And that's, you know, so he didn't have any, he didn't draw any lines anywhere. That's for yeah, sure. Exactly. Um, yeah. um, but I like, you know, it's hard to say, 
I feel like he's had a big impact. It's hard to say where he's at now. Um, I, now he does like a lot of stand-up and stuff, I think. Yeah. He does a lot of live shows, and yeah. he's not really making films anymore. But I do want to see like his later films. I know I've seen Crybaby at some mm-hmm. point, um, but it was before I had seen any of his other stuff, so I didn't... Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, I didn't appreciate mm-hmm. it, and it's been years, so I, you know, I don't even remember, remember much about the film. Um, but then he's got even stuff after that that people talk about. And yeah, I'm, I'm curious about. Yeah, the same. Kind I of films he, he's made with studio money. You know. Yeah, I haven't seen like um, Cecil B. Demented or Serial um, Mom, Serial Mom, or Pecker or anything like that. I haven't yeah. seen any of those. Uh, it's been mostly his like earlier, trashier, yeah, stuff. Um, but I think his career is just a perfect example of what you of what you can do. You know, he started yeah. off just making these trashy kind of very minimal um, like handheld camera kind of films. Um, used them as a platform to get his name out there and then progressed with it. You know, he wasn't he could have easily have tried to like his next film after Pink Flamingos he could have tried to top it but instead he made like a a more reserved kind of more of a character study yeah in female trouble mm-hmm. um and well, it still I think got those he, knew that he wasn't going to be able to top it anyway i mean how could you like yeah. there isn't there i mean there is no way that you could unless it's uh, you know unless it is watching someone murder somebody else that yeah. is the only way that i would have been shocked by something else yeah like a real life murder on camera or yeah. Something. yeah like it, it was getting to the point where everything they showed would have been very illegal yeah yeah you know yeah and i don't think any you know nobody wants to see that no nobody wants to see most of the things that are in this film <laughs> but we have <laughs> and it's ingrained in our memory for forever will you so, will you uh ever watch this movie again I, this is a question i've been thinking about a lot okay because next year i think is it the 50th anniversary next yeah. year so there's been a lot of talk for a while that there's a like a new restoration coming out. And this has been going on for like 10 years. And I can very strongly envision Criterion putting out something next year. Mm-hmm. Um, if, that's, if that's what the holdup is. Because yeah. I know that Warner had the rights or whatever. If it comes out on Criterion, and if it's like this big extravaganza, then I will watch it again. Yeah. If it's on TV, I will not watch it again. <laughs> I don't think. If it's on TV, they probably yeah, like if, show it on. No, <laughs> but if it was like on a streaming site and I was just kind of flicking through, I'd probably be like, "Yeah, I don't really want to watch that tonight," <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but again, this is this is what's so incredible about it is that not only will I kind of not actively seek it out to watch it anytime soon, I cannot stop talking about it to friends. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's one of those uh, you. You might watch it again if you're showing somebody else the movie. Yeah. Or yeah. I feel like that's going to be... Because that's kind of been my thing with Multiple Maniacs. Is, and I've, I've probably watched it like four times. And it's always been someone who didn't know who John Waters was. Yeah. And knew nothing about the movie. And I was like, watch this. <laughs> yeah. If it, if it gets re-released and it's in cinemas, I'll go and see it with an audience. Because that, be, that would be fun. I really because I know that that's how it kind of became popular was all these people had seen the film at midnight, like could quote it word for word. Yeah, you yeah. know, it became like the room is now, I guess. Yeah, for kind of our generation. Um, Better acting in this movie. Uh, oh, hundred <laughs> percent. But I would definitely go and see it in like a packed cinema because yeah. I think that would be where it would be elevated to the next level. Yeah, you know. Um, and I think that's the case for a lot of his earlier films. Yeah. Like you said, I think the more people that you watch it with, the better it is. Yeah. And um, that's the joy of cinema, right? Like, two different experiences. I'll probably go and love it the next time. I mean, love's a strong word, but, you know, really enjoy it next <laughs> it's time. It's a communal experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like church. Yeah. Because you said you watched it with a friend. I did not. I watched it alone. And my wife was sleeping in the next room, and there was points where I was like, "Please don't come in, because I don't want you to see me watching this movie alone." <laughs> so in the middle of the day, yeah. you know. So um, what I do for fun. Yeah. So I am. Um, yeah, I would love to see it with other people. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, 
I'm trying to think of what what. Uh, oh, speaking of his stand up, mm. um, well, I started watching one of his uh, with John Waters stand ups. Yeah, and he, uh, it kind of started off like a church, mm-hmm. like there there was like this. Yeah you know, organ, holy music kind of like playing in the beginning. Yeah. And then he called himself the filth elder. Nice. No, well, he's like, being called the Pope of Trash. Isn't that his like nickname? That's another one. Yeah. yeah. So another reason why I think this yeah. was a fitting first choice. Yeah. Um, 100%. I think I was, so in preparation for this, I'm a big reader of Sight and Sound magazine from England. Um, so I went back through their archives and kind of looked around the same time. And I found something from their 1976 winter issue that says, whether one appreciates Pink Flamingos or not, the trash aesthetic affects many more significant filmmakers that this small American lunatic fringe. Their words, not mine. You find the same sort of defiant, stop at nothing, everything but the kitchen sink attitude very frequently. And I think that's why this film is so much more than just shock. I think it shows what was happening in America at the time. Yeah. You know, this complete abandon of all rules and yeah. like these filmmakers had been let free. Right. You know, it's like even even porn is kind of now shown to an audience in a cinema. So you can go and do whatever you want to do. Right. And it's the first and I mean, he did it what, like four years after and he made the most disgusting, trashy film ever. Yeah, and Straight it's like, and yeah, and obviously, like as a as a society, we've dialed it back quite a bit since then. And yeah, it's and it, so now, even fifty years later, this movie is still, yeah, shocking. Yeah, and that's and it still works. Like yeah. the, the point, that's why he made it, and it still works as a, for his shock value. It mm-hmm. still holds up. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I feel like when Deadpool came out, that was. I mean, it's been like five years since then, but, you know, I feel like that movie, like there was so much hype around it, you know, it's going to be a rated R superhero superhero genre Mm -hmm. movie. Um, And I just remember watching it and, and thinking that was it. Like that was, that was there. Wait, where was the, I really expected it to kind of push the boundaries a little bit. I know you still have, you're confined by even rated R stuff, Mm -hmm. but I expected them to kind of, push that line a little more now i now i can enjoy the movie just for like you know ryan reynolds is is yeah is great as deadpool and Mm -hmm. it's a fun movie but um i just kept expecting something i had never seen before and it was really just all stuff i had seen before and now it's in a superhero movie yeah and that's what i was kind of alluding to earlier the fact that like you hear stories about these things and it's never what you expect it to be Whereas this is like times a thousand. The yeah. things I saw in this film, I was not ready for at yeah. all. Um, and I feel like this came at the at the right time in like my filmmaking uh, or or cinephile like movie watching. Yeah, life is you know if I had seen this ten years ago, I probably would never have watched another John Waters movie. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, you would have you would have like assumed everything was going to be like this yeah um and i and as soon as like this was over i I sat with it for a few days and i was like is it just like have i just outgrown john waters now because i it just well i just didn't have the same experience as i did with his other films you know i I was more kind of uncomfortable than i was laughing well see that's that's i mean i was laughing during the movie but definitely the next morning i was still digesting it i was like why do i feel dirty yeah like yeah, why do i exactly, feel like a yeah. terrible person or yeah. like there's something wrong with the world or yeah. you know um so it's probably a natural feeling yeah. so i went back and watched him. female trouble like two days later because i was like i just want to make sure that like he's not ruined for me now yeah and female trouble is still amazing yeah like so i i, th- I and then the more research i did around it the more i realized that this is what he was going for. He wanted you to feel that way. Yeah. Um, and the reason his other films aren't like that because he can't, he can't top it. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. like we said before. So um, It was a very specific thing he was trying to do. He accomplished yeah. it and there was no reason to like try to do that again. Yeah. And I'm so glad it's off my to watch list now. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I did feel like it was like this, you know, 
um, like albatross around my neck. I just, you know, I, had, I hadn't seen it. I had no way to see it. It wasn't like I bought it. It was just sitting on my shelf waiting for me to put it in the DVD player. It was like I didn't own it. I didn't know where to find it. You look yeah. on Amazon, it's you can't really find a good copy. Well, see, that's why I hadn't really watched it yet. Yeah. Was because I mean, I, I looked it up whenever we were talking about, you know, when we first started working together, we were talking about John Waters and stuff. And it wasn't available anywhere, so I just kind of didn't look again yeah and then even when we talked about watching it for this i started looking and it for whatever reason when you search on like where to watch platforms that'll show you the streaming stuff like criterion usually doesn't come up Mm -hmm. if it's on there so luckily one of us got on there and searched for it and and it's on criterion channel right now i don't know how much longer it'll be there but as of this recording podcast Mm -hmm. if you want to watch it that's where it is and it was one of those things it was like it was meant to be because at, you know, I follow Criterion on Twitter and stuff, and it kind of popped up um, that they were doing like three films by John Waters, and you know, there's, uh, they've released three themselves. So I was like, it's probably going to be those films. So I kind of had a quick look just to see if it was, and it was Multiple Maniacs, Pink Flamingos, Female Trouble. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, Pink Flamingos is on there. Like, yeah. I, like not having seen it, I was like, oh my god, I need to see this. And then you mentioned watching it for the podcast, and I was like, incredible. Like, I was probably going to try and watch it anyway. Yeah. Um. So I'm really glad that you watched it as well. Yeah. So I, <laughs> so we, could, like, to, we had like, a reason to carry on watching yeah, it. We yeah. could process it yeah. together. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an experience. It is very much an experience. Um, and if you're, if you've never seen a John Waters movie, I wouldn't start with this. No, I would start with multiple maniacs. I mean, that's what I'd started with. So yeah. I'm probably just, you know, I feel like I had a good experience yeah. um, with that movie. Um, and and the, the the great thing, I think, about Multiple Maniacs as a starter, John Waters movie, or getting into his films, um, is because the opening is... It kind of lets you know that that what you're about to watch is a spectacle of filth. Yeah. Because it starts with the... Um, Lady Divine's cavalcade of, of perversions. Yeah. And then, you know, they're showing all this crazy, nasty stuff. And then the people who are, who are what the audience that is in the movie watching what's going on are just disgusted by everything. Yeah. And that's the point, you yeah. know? And so it's like a good introduction to his other stuff. Cause mm-hmm. you're, you know, the rest of the John Waters stuff you watch, yeah. you're supposed to be sitting there going, Ew. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, like. he he grew up in like 1950s America, you know, post-war, very um, like family values and all that kind of stuff. Very middle America, and this is just his like you know take on it. Yeah. Like this is kind of his take down the whole early part of his career is like the whole um, family values thing is just like like this is my family. As opposed to like, you know, the mum, dad, two kids. Yeah. It's like, no, there's a mentally ill, egg-obsessed woman in a cage. And then there's a mother and a son. The mother is a cross-dressing man. And they lick furniture. You know, and <laughs> yeah. that's kind of like yeah. his take on it. Which, yeah. Well, um, I, just, I was texting Zach after I had watched the movie. Um, and... I didn't know what to say about it. I was like, well, I watched it. I knew it. He had seen it already. Yeah. And I think I just said I watched it and then was like, dot, dot, dot. And, <laughs> and then I was just like, I don't really know what it was about or what to think yeah. about it. And he said, it's about family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's about family. Yeah. And I just, the thing I found the funniest was after they, spoiler alert, kill the marbles and they're like, let's go to Boise. And they are so excited for this trip to Boise. And I don't know why that tickled me so much. (laughs) And Crackers is like, can we live in like restroom, like (laughs) truck stop restrooms? And she's like, yeah, we can definitely do that. And that really got me. I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) And then obviously the dog shit scene comes and you're like, oh. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, here it yeah. is. But like you said, like at that point, you're just like desensitized right. yeah. enough. You just like, yeah, of course. Yeah. You know. 
craziness. Oh my gosh. And I wanted to ask, um, all the outdoor scenes are put to music. Do you think that was because of the background noise and he couldn't control the sound for that? I mean... I noticed it more and more. Whenever they went outside, there was some kind of soundtrack. Apart from, I think, the kangaroo court scene when they were in the middle of the wood anyway. I didn't really notice that. Um, mm. It... it uh, so I, de- I don't really have any thoughts about it. I don't think... I mean, he didn't mention it in the yeah. um, commentary other than like he just tried to find stuff that he felt like... Music that he felt was as filthy yeah. as the movie okay. to try to put it in there. Yeah. But, um, I mean, like the... But the there's there's a point in the beginning where they're walking through the woods and it's close to the beginning um, that reminded me of multiple maniacs like the scene after the um they're in the tent and then they're like walking and talking next to the woods and then they just walk to the car and get in the car there's just like music playing yeah while they're walking and divine is like crossing the street and stuff um and it feels like intro music it feels like Mm -hmm. okay now the movie is starting yeah um and i've kind of got the same vibe because a few scenes that happen, but then it's like, then you just have like some kind of music and there's nothing really going on. Yeah. People are just walking. It feels like, okay, now the movie is starting. Okay. Kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's what he was going for, but. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It was just one of those things that struck me as kind of, you know, there'd be these big dialogue scenes and then there'd be, you know, 30 seconds of some kind of pop song from the um, 60s or 70s while they were outside. And then it was like, you know, back in the caravan. Yeah. And the music's gone. Um, might be something I'll have to pay attention to next time because um, I, I, I only watched it once and I yeah I was not exactly critically analyzing it yeah <laughs> I was just yeah. kind of being Watch shocked it. yeah <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah sweet um, yeah I think leading on from family as well just um, Warders himself says that it's dedicated to the Manson girls yeah which I know, I can't remember where I read it or heard it, but he said if he was to make it again, he wouldn't yeah, dedicate he said, it he to them again. Yeah, he mentions that in the commentary. Yeah. He's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. But it's not for the reasons you might think exactly. No, no. It's because he feels like that would be uh, not good for their case. Yeah, which is not like, it wouldn't outrage people. Like, he doesn't yeah. care. It's, yeah. you know, they don't want the case to see that well he even mentioned it i think in the commentary might have been something else i was watching uh, yeah that like he well he went to a lot of the manson trials and stuff when that was happening and they filmed pink flamingos right after the trials and and a lot of his movies have like a trial at the end Mm -hmm. um but he mentioned that you know speaking with some of the manson girls that telling them like you guys just got in with the wrong family. Yeah. Like if you, if he's like, you're kind of just like us. If yeah. you guys have just, you know, done this stuff on camera and faked it instead of doing it in real life, your life would be different. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of, yeah, know, exactly. Yeah. Probably true. It's all those, um, yeah, which kind of speaks to the same idea of like, you know, I mean, there's, there's been lots of talk over the, especially the past, like, 10, 15 years about video game violence and yeah. how, if, you know, whether or not that affects um, real violence. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's like better pretend than do it for real. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, um, give people credit. It's not, you know, just because somebody has this game on their. Or their or this film or whatever in their collection does not mean that they were emulating it. Yeah, you know. So, yeah. I mean, I think this film shows that <laughs> that you know there wasn't a lot of people demanding eggs after this after the <laughs> film. So. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I keep coming back to that. I just eggs. I can't. Yeah, I just eggs. can't get it out of my head. And the way that she says crackers, I don't know what it is, but. It's just ingrained in my memory. Like every time I re- like doing research again, like every time I read crackers, it was just her being like crackers, you know. So, oh my yeah. god. Yeah, there's certain things that uh, 
that not that one didn't really stick with me, but um, just like the narration from John Waters and 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 the way I feel like the way him and Divine talk is very similar. Like they've got the same kind of yeah accent. Yeah. Um, I look. I just yeah. Divine is just so matter of fact. Like some of the words that she says, like are just so to the point, which I love. I think that's so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's wonderful in this. Awesome. Yeah. Reason he became famous after this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, um, yeah, he, like, Waters mentioned that he, he had a hard time, well, for the rest of his life, separating himself from the character. Because yeah. everyone always assumed that Divine was That's really him. like that. Yeah. And if you've seen any interviews um, with him not as Divine, he's so mild-mannered and, like, mm. soft-spoken and just, you know... You, Pretty polite. Yeah, you wouldn't, like, pick him out on the street kind of thing. Um, there he is, the filthiest person alive. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. Well. Yeah. That was Pink Flamingos. That was Pink Flamingos. Yeah. Um, next week, we're going to be watching Badlands, I think. Mm-hmm. Terrence Malick. Yeah, that was my choice. Um, I've never seen a Terrence Malick film. Neither have I. And that was kind of the reason behind it. I'm um, a massive fan of In Cold Blood, both the book and the film. Um, and I think it just came up while I was like watching that. Like someone, you know, was on kind of the same kind of list or something like that. Um, so yeah, I wanted to add it to my watch list. I was like, let's do that. I've never seen a Terrence Malick film. And I want yeah. to talk about it with someone. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I've I've never seen one either, and I think it'll be a good introduction to it. I don't know really anything about this movie. No. Um, I don't know much about him as a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. All I know is that like people, he's got high praise from a lot of other filmmakers and film people. Um, you know, but yeah, that's like I mean the point of kind of doing this thing is to to learn and grow and see yeah. stuff we've never seen before and. Um, and we are both lovers of film. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be a podcast where we necessarily like like hate on films. No. You know? we're, we're always probably going to find something good in yeah. the movies where we might not we might not always in you know think it's the greatest movie we've ever seen or even enjoy the movies but we'll probably find something great yeah. about them. Exactly. Um, yeah. And when it comes to Pink Flamingos it's it's one of those movies where I don't know. It's it's fun to recommend stuff to people sometimes. So it's yeah. like the 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 more film knowledge you have, um, you know, if somebody's like, I'm I want to watch a movie with a group of friends and freak them all out. Yeah, and they all want to be freaked out. You know, I can mm -hmm. be like, oh, watch Pink Flamingos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's yeah, and I think that um, how we're going to do it in terms of like each week is I think we're just going to take it in turns, right? So like you'll pick one, then I'll pick one, then you pick good. one, and yeah. we'll, um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be something we both haven't seen, just maybe something we want the other person to see, or we yeah. really want to like knock off our to watch list and yeah, um, something that's next in our spiritual journey. Yeah, yeah. If there's you know spiritual cinematic journey, whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it, but yeah. and sometimes that might be something that we love that we haven't seen in a long time that we yeah. need to revisit. Yeah, you know. And the other part of this is trying to broaden horizons. You know, I'm very much American, like genre films, um, and I don't, I don't want to be um, pigeonholed by that anymore. Yeah. So I might be suggesting films from all over the world. You know, different time periods, all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. Which is awesome because I feel like I'm at a point where I want to see. Yeah, just a broader. Yeah. Broader films, just stuff that's foreign films. You know, mm -hmm. um, yeah, just I, I feel like I've got a pretty good grasp of film history now, but I want to, but I, it's like there's so much more than the hits, yeah, exactly. You know, there's yeah. so much more than than just what was that what, what everyone was seeing at the time. There's there's stuff that didn't get discovered till years later, or yeah, you know, just had a small audience for years, and um, and stuff that filmmakers recommend that. Um, 
is their favorite thing that nobody mm-hmm. else has seen, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to find lots of good stuff. It's For gonna be, sure. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be real good. Cool. Well, I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's our first episode. How exciting. It is exciting. Yeah, so bear with us. We are still... You <laughs> Figuring know. it out. Yeah, exactly. Um, if anybody, you know, at some point we'll probably have like, you know, take suggestions from people. Yeah, you know, exactly. the audience and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, until next week, next Sunday. Yeah. Um, in the words of Divine, kill everyone now. <laughs> Condone first degree murder. Advocate cannibalism. Eat shit. <laughs> Not necessarily in that order. (laughs) All right. See y'all next Sunday. Have a good week.